Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of V Brown Bag. Tonight, we are continuing on our series on REST API, and this evening, I'm very excited to be uh, having, we have Kyle Ruddy tonight, and he's talking about APIs in PowerShell, something that is uh, near and dear to my heart, so I'm very excited to have, have him on. A couple of housekeeping notes. Please get in on the conversation. I will be monitoring both the internal conversation in the webinar and uh, Twitter via uh, hashtag vbrownbag and at vbrownbag. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to pop a question in either form and I will ask them of Mr. Ruddy. Um, with that, let me uh, turn the power over to you, Mr. Ruddy. Sweet, thank you very much. Shablam, you have the power. Ooh. <laughs> no, don't hit end. What? Oops, wrong button. <laughs> All right. So nice. I can see your screen. You can see my screen. Okay, so you see a blank slide right now. Click to add title. Yes. All right. All right. So let's actually get started here and start talking about some cool stuff. Uh, so, you know, as we've seen so far in this series, which I have been thoroughly enjoying, uh, we, we saw pretty much a, an overview of of what RESTful APIs are. And, uh, you know, I, I was kind of lucky enough that, that Chris Wall went through and he's done, you know, most of my sessions for me already. He, he gave a nice little sneak peek uh, for me. Uh, so, and then from there, we, we kind of built out and then started including, you know, how to consume that with, with programming languages. And, uh, you know, that, that presenter kind of threw a little, little barb at PowerShell in, in that one, which was uh, highly entertaining. And then we saw RESTful APIs and, and, you know, how you can use them on certain products. So one of those I did was, was doing that with vSphere. Uh, another one was Jad talking about VRA. John Diaz did... Um, VR ops last night. There's been, you know, several across the board as we've been going. So now we're going to take it a little step further and, you know, start talking about how we can consume these. So we've seen, you know, how to, how to view these APIs, how to, you know, kind of start interacting with them through things like the, the Swagger interfaces, uh, like the API Explorer and uh, Postman, which is another really great tool. Uh, but what if you want to start, you know, combining multiple calls into one and, and really start doing some stuff? So tonight we're talking about PowerShell and we're, we're not going to get into the whole debate about whether or not it's a programming language because that, that's more of a religious debate. Uh, everybody has their own preference and uh, whatnot. So skipping over that, uh, let's start talking about what you need to have. Um, so bare minimum. Uh, to get started consuming RESTful APIs with PowerShell, you do have to have PowerShell version 4 or better. Uh, now, this is one thing that I should also mention because technically PowerShell Core um, is still a beta at the time of this, this session. Uh, however, I believe the latest and greatest version that they released, either uh, sometime late last week or sometime earlier this week, actually starts to include the commandlets that we're going to, to be using tonight. Uh, however, uh, I don't have the right version of OSX and, and don't have the time to go through and actually update my system. Uh, so I'll be doing everything in a Windows system and uh, I'll be using PowerShell 5.1. Uh, so from there, 
uh, we're going to need to get familiar with a couple of these commandlets. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, invoke web request. So that is going to be something that, that is literally pretty much doing the same thing as what we were seeing in Postman and the API Explorer. So you're going to get the entire response back. So you're going to get the body, you're going to get the headers, you're going to get the status codes, you're going to get everything. Uh, and then there's also invoke rest method. Now when you do this, you're only going to get back the content. Um, so that's something that you have to kind of take into consideration. And I'll be talking talking about some of the performance considerations that are involved in these as well. Uh, and then the last one that really makes your life easy, um, especially as I'll be going through some of the examples tonight and taking a look at uh, the vSphere APIs. Uh, since that all, you know, everything that you do to submit to uh, the API endpoint is through JSON. So being able to format your code or your input um, easily within PowerShell through a hash table and then converting that over to JSON in, in a simple you know, pipeline just makes everybody's life easier. So those are the three ones that, we're, that you're going to need to know uh, or really, you know, we're going to find out how to use tonight. Uh, so with that, let me jump over into, the, uh, into my lab system here. Uh, so tonight, one of the first APIs that we're going to start interacting with is SWAPI.co. Now, the full version of this is the Star Wars API. Uh, so that's kind of a cool one to, to just, it's openly available. You can use PowerShell and start pulling stuff back, and it's kind of interesting you know, to, to see some of the people, some of the planets, and, and so forth. Uh, I've got a... Uh, um, Oops, there we go. Go back to this. Uh, so I've got the, the root of the API open here. So we, it just did a, a get method against it. And we can see kind of the subsections from that point uh, to, to kind of show how this works here. We can then go to, uh, like, let's do people. And uh, I'm... Just as an FYI, I am doing this from a hotel, so uh, if things looking are looking a little slower, that is why. Uh, uh, so here's, like, there's at least, uh, there's 87 uh, people that are listed within this API, uh, you know, and the first one is, is Luke Skywalker, gives you some, uh, some interesting tidbits about him, uh, and so on and so forth. Anyway, so that's going to be the first one that we're going to take a look at. Uh, so let's dive in here. So I'm using Visual Studio Code. Uh, it's It's been my go-to um, ISE here lately, uh, especially nice that it, it works cross-platform, so I can have it on my on my Mac system as well as on my Windows systems, and, and it works uh, pretty, pretty easily and, and straightforward. Uh, so first, we will start off using invoke rest method. Um, it's pretty simple, uh, so let me just type that in there. Oops. So invoke rest method. You see some of our uh, actually here. Let's let's just do a get member. Uh, oh, that did not work at all. It wants all all the information. All right. So, anyways. Uh, 
going through some of these, checking out the parameters. So we see method. Uh, this is your get, post, um, delete, so on and so forth. Uh, use basic parsing, the URI, which in this case is going to be the URL for that endpoint. Uh, session variables, uh, credentials. We'll get into credentials uh, when we get to the vSphere side of things. Uh, using uh, certificates. And there, there's quite a few options here. Uh, so let's just start off with just doing a, a very simple invoke REST method, calling that uh, the URI or the URL for that top level root of the API and then doing a get. Uh, so in this case, do an F8. Unless it's broken form, there we go. All right, so we've performed that. Check out our what the response is here. So we can see that using invoke rest method, we get exactly the body of what we saw before. Uh, now, doing a similar thing, let's let's change this into invoke web request. Which, uh, Chris, can you can you read everything on my screen? Okay. Uh, yes, I can. The output. Okay. Good deal. All right. So now we just did invoke web request on the same thing. Now we see our status code. We see our status description. We see the content. So that the content is the uh, is the body. Uh, and then we see the raw content, the headers, uh, and so on and so forth. Now, kind of the the one really nice thing about being able to do uh, the invoke web request is that you get back that status code. You know, so if you're you're building in any kind of error handling uh, into your your PowerShell scripts or your functions, uh, you can do in essence status checks against that because you know as we've seen throughout the series, just because you make an API request uh, doesn't always mean that you're going to get a response. Uh, so that's kind of another way to, to verify that something has happened and it's happened appropriately. Uh, however, so with this one, we can then dive in further with our parameters here. Uh, and, uh, or not parameters, but uh, um, other information here. So we can specify the content. So now we can see pretty much everything in the body there. Uh, now we can also make use of convert from JSON. And now we can see, cool. uh, you know, that, that nice area of, of the body there. Hmm. So that's kind of a, a breakdown of, you know, really simply calling out to an API and then showing the difference between invoke rest method and uh, invoke web request. Uh, from that point, it's pretty much your call as far as, you know, the, uh, the creator of the scripting resource or creating of the of the function uh, as to you know which one works best for you and and what you're trying to do. Uh, so let's move forward here. let's let's take a look at some of the uh, uh, some of the other sections here. So let's take a look at species. Let's run that guy. Oh, is unhappy with me. What did I do? Oh. That's because that was set up for uh, invoke rest method. Let's update our variable there. 
looking for a the dot species and that does not exist on the other one i would have to do dot content then convert from json and then call species oh that reminds me uh, i should show you what i'm actually calling here uh, so api root again shows us this so since this is a hash table we can do API root dot people, and then we get out that URL or URI uh, of where that, uh, uh, where would we be specifying, you know, our target. Hmm. Uh, so the same thing for films. You know, so when we do the the next call here. Here, F8. No, oh, you really want me highlighting that. Okay, there we go. So now we can check out the species API. There's a bit more information here with this one, but it's still extremely similar to what we saw before on the web page. So we, in this case, we can see that there are 37 species. And I should also mention that this is, you know, all by design of the API. So, you know, not every API is going to be interacted with the same way. You know, so if we move over to like VRA's uh, API and we do something similar, it's not going to have a count there. You know, that has to be written into the API itself, into how you consume that API. Uh, so, in this case, we will actually want results. Um, I'm skipping by uh, my uh, my planned lines here. All right, so we just did species. So we we called out uh, our species API, which is when we brought back in, we made that GET request uh, against the Star Wars API.co API, then species. However, now we're grabbing out just the results. So we're doing a, we're calling that species API, we're doing a pipeline into select object, and then using the expand property uh, parameter uh, on the results property. So we're just saying we just want the results. So calling species now, this, uh, this bottom one, oops, there we go. So the, the very last one in the list is a species by the name of Doug. And then we can see some, some more information about the, the Doug species. Now, so here, let's, let's do, a, do a get random here and, and find something else. So we, now we've got an Ewok. You can see information about that. Uh, and then we can continue drilling down here and uh, make other API calls against it. Uh, so in this case, uh, let's do a, do a select object, expand property, and do, let's do home world. It'll be a get method. And we'll do our 
invoke rest method URI. And we can see that the home world is Trandosha. We can see other information about that. So you can kind of continue drilling down with this and, and kind of having a little bit of fun while you're also learning uh, how to use PowerShell and, and interacting with a RESTful API. So let's move over to vSphere. So here, let's, uh, let's clear this. So we're going to be doing something very similar to what we did in my previous session, where we're kind of playing with the, uh, with the RESTful APIs. Now, when we were doing this in Postman and we, when we were doing this in the API Explorer, the first thing was that you had to uh, figure out what your vCenter server was and then authenticate. So in this scenario, we're going to be, again, using the vCenter server that's uh, vCSA01. Let's run that. And then we have our authentication. Uh, so the vCenter automation, uh, RESTful APIs, excuse me, uh, it uses basic authentication. Uh, so don't feel the need to reinvent the wheel or anything here. Uh, this auth string and uh, the, uh, the header information here, this is all something that I, that I found from, from online. Uh, so, you know, feel free to, uh, to make use of that. It makes life much easier instead of having to try and figure out how to exactly formulate this. We're going to go through and set up our authentication here so that we're ready to join that. And so, VMware one, wait, what, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's make sure that we've we've got some stuff here. Oh, uh, Graham's asking, do you need to do an auth if you have Connect VI server done? Uh, yes, uh, yes you will. So this is, so if you put it into PowerCLI terms, uh, so Connect VI server has, has one way to connect in, uh, these are doing something, what we're doing here is very similar to what you would do if you were using the uh, get CIS server, or rather it, it would be connect CIS server and then get CIS service. Uh, it would be very similar to this, but we're kind of taking out PowerCLI as, as the, the easier interface there. Uh, so PowerCLI kind of uh, reduces a lot of the complexity around doing this. However, at the same time, you're using PowerCLI-based commandlets, and not uh, invoking straight REST calls, if, if that makes sense at all. Uh, but yes, to answer the question, you, you will indeed have to re-authenticate. Uh, however, with that, you know, once you authenticate the one time, you can continue using it until it times out. I want to say the timeout period for vCenter in 6.5 is it's either 10 or 30 minutes. Uh, I was using it for quite a while last night, so I want to say it's 30 minutes. Um, so again, we've got our uh, our head variable there. It's kind of broken that down into the formatting that we need. Uh, so then now we can go through and, and do our 
invoke web request against the CIS session. So that's the exact same uh, method we were using in Postman uh, to do that. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and run that. And if we take a look at that, We can see again, this is using invoke web request. So we see the, the full value or the, the full response, I should say. Uh, so we have a value here within our content. Now that is what's known as our token. So we're gonna take that token and we're going to convert it from JSON and we wanna store just that value because we kind of have to reformat that um, and assign it to the VMware API session ID uh, to use that going forward um, as our as our authentication. That's how we, uh, you know, basically authenticate in uh, with every single API call that we do. So now token is just literally calling out just this value right here, oops, just that value right there. So you've used our uh, PowerShell magic there to pull out that information. And then from there, we'll get our session variable. Oh, uh, what's, what's the uh, minimum version of vCenter required? Uh, so all of the RESTful APIs for vSphere is vSphere 6.5. Gotcha, thank you. Um, and if you happen to be one of those uh, folks that are involved in the VMware on AWS instance, that also works within that service too. Uh, cool. And it works exactly the same way that, that we're you know, using it here. Uh, so there we've got our session, we've got our token value, we've got that assigned properly to the VMware API session ID. Now we can actually start doing stuff. Uh, so last week we started off talking about, um, actually I'm already gonna, I'm gonna have to redo that because I don't think my user has rights to, uh, to that one. All right, so let's, let's redo this. Sorry about that. I have to switch over to the uh, administrator at vSphere.local. And it's a, the test lab. And so we've got that. Then we need to do our authentication here again. Got that. Now we can do our uh, calling out to our vCenter server, checking out the appliance, looking at the access methods, um, and then specifically looking at SSH. We've made that call. Uh, this is the same thing that we were seeing in the API Explorer uh, in, from before. We've made our call, so let's take a look at uh, what our SSH get request variable now looks like. We see that we've got our status 200. We can see that our value is set to false, which basically means that SSH is not currently enabled. Uh, and then we can make it pretty. So like if you were trying to return this from a script or you were trying to return this from a uh, function, 
We can do, uh, again, our convert from JSON, pulling out that content, and then specifying just the value. Now, if we do an SSH get, we can see that we just get out false. Now, what if we wanted to change that? Oh, let's make sure that, uh, oh, no, we, we aren't changing it yet. We're, we're going through and we're going to, uh, to view this in invoke rest method. So we're changing it from the invoke web request and now only doing it with invoke rest method. I have a feeling that this is going to be the most paused V Brownback episode ever. <laughs> and I will be sharing these when it's done. Oh, awesome. Uh, so okay, good. <laughs> I will, uh, I will definitely add that uh, or have you add that into the, into the session notes too. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, so just like we were doing with the Star Wars API, where we're using the exact same parameters, uh, we're just switching it from invoke web request over to invoke rest method uh, and change nothing else. So now we're going to run our no. Oh, that's because I didn't highlight it all the way. Uh, attach our dollar sign there to pull back our variable. So now we can see that we're getting just the uh, just the content back, just the body. So to get the exact same thing as we were getting from above, just calling out SSH, you know, our variable there, and then uh, specifying the uh, value. So now let's talk about speed. Uh, so, you know, because when, when you're working with APIs, well, really, when you're doing anything automation-wise, you should, you know, you should be aware of how long it takes to do a process. And then, you know, if you can, optimize. So in this scenario, we're using measure command and then putting that in a script block and comparing the invoked web request and invoked REST method. Let's run our top one here. And we can see here that it took 167 milliseconds. Cool. I'm going to start using measure command now. <laughs> <laughs> see, even if you, uh, you know, you're, you're learning other things about PowerShell. I did not know that existed. I'm pretty excited about that. Then if we do the invoke uh, rest method. Oh, wow. You know, we're, we're only talking a difference of about 20 milliseconds. Uh, but uh, invoke web request was actually faster. So even though it's pulling back a ton more information, uh, invoke rest method was, was a, oh wait, actually, no, it's, it's even it's worse. Second, it's a second uh, faster. Yeah, it's, it's one second in 20 milliseconds lower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take that into consideration when you're building out your, uh, your scripts and, and your functions, because, you know, maybe it's only a second, but if you're, you know, if you're applying this to a VM and you've got a couple hundred VMs, that's a couple hundred seconds that you uh, that you could have back in you in your life. Uh, okay, so now we've done a couple gets, we've seen some performance uh, interaction, and I should also say that this is not the same. Uh, you know, if I was doing this against the uh, Star Wars API last night, and uh, inv invoke. Yeah, I think it was invoke rest method was was actually faster than invoke web request. They they switched, so that's also another use case of you know knowing your API. 
Uh, so now we're going to modify some stuff. Now we're going to take another look at our, our SSH, and then we're going to enable it. So we're setting up a hash table here, uh, and then we're setting enabled to be true. Uh, so if we go back over here to our API Explorer, and let me zoom in here a wee bit. We'll go over to our appliance, and we will go to access and SSH. We can see that you know this is what it's this is what it's expecting. So this is the parameter that the REST endpoint is expecting to come into it. So this is what we have to to you know make within PowerShell. So that's where uh, that's where the enabled equals true comes from, and then we're using convert to JSON to take that hash table and turn it into JSON. So let's uh, highlight that section. And run that. Now, if we look at our SSH set request body, you can see that it is now JSON formatted and it looks exactly like what our API Explorer documentation uh, is telling us that the endpoint is looking for. So now we're going to do a, a put. Because again, if we, oops, wrong window there. Going back to our API Explorer, we can see that the method that the endpoint is expecting is a put. So we're going to have to replicate that within PowerShell. Uh, so, you know, we've got our, our URI there, which is the URL to, to the API endpoint. We're remaining it at SSH because our documentation didn't say that we needed to change that. Our method is put. We already checked that part out. Headers remains the same with session, and we're feeding it in a body. That's a that's a new parameter, and that's what we're giving it uh, as part of the that's the JSON that we just created. Um, and then the last part that you do have to include is telling the API endpoint what kind of content that it's uh, it's being sent. Uh, so in this case, it's application JSON. Uh, and if you're using something that that uses something else. Uh, you know, that's the that's where we got that information from. So in some of the other vSphere APIs, it does XML. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say vSphere. Uh, NSXV uses XML uh, and then so on and so forth. So, you know, kind of know your, know your content type when you're making these. Otherwise, you could get some errors. Uh, so let's uh, highlight this in an F8 there to run that. So if we take a look at our SSH set request variable here, that's pulling back uh, the response. So we can see that we, we have a status code of 200. However, the content here is empty. So, you know, if you were doing this and you were just, you know, expecting this to return back to your, either your PowerShell session or within a script, you know, you're not gonna get any information back. So this is where having uh, the, the status code available kind of comes in, in handy. Uh, okay, so we've done that. Now we need to verify. We need to, to go back and check and make sure that it actually did change it. But uh, I'm not just using smoke and mirrors here. 
So we do the same get method that we did previously, and then we can recall our, uh, our variable there. And so now we can see we have a value of true, which uh, let's, let's verify before. You know, so our, our previous output was false and now we're receiving a true. So we can, you know, we can basically estimate that, that the SSH uh, condition has changed. But now we have enabled SSH and, uh, you know, if you need to, for whatever reason, to SSH into your VCSA, because uh, we, again, we are doing this against the VCSA, that that now works and you successfully changed a setting now with PowerShell through a RESTful API. Uh, so let's move on to, let's, let's do some interacting with the, um, with the environment itself, you know, take a go a little bit past just playing with the appliance side. Uh, one of the other things that I went through in the last session was interacting with the host. Uh, so in this case, we're going to do something very similar. Uh, so it's going to the vCenter to the REST endpoint. Then we're calling vCenter and host, and then doing our uh, our get method, and then storing that into a variable run that and if we check that out you can see the content up here so we can see the value we've got a host 123 which is esx01 connected powered on there's a host 02 and then it go on and so forth uh, so let's look at this in uh, in a little bit of a nicer view something like you would expect to get to receive back from oh man I am not doing good at at the double clicking there <laughs> there we go all right so we've done our we've taken that output we've specified that we just want the content uh, property we're converting from JSON that content property and then we're only receiving back the value and then this is what we're getting back so what we see here on on the screen is is pretty much the uh, the pretty version of what the API endpoint fed back to us. Uh, so now let's do some, let's interact with one of these hosts. Uh, so the one that I was using before, it was ESX04. So let's continue using that. We're gonna set, set, our, uh, set our host ID here. And it's just one, just a string for uh, 167. Uh, we're going to do a disconnect. Uh, so we're just calling out in the, the same URI uh, from the API Explorer from the documentation. We're doing a post. Uh, actually, let's just get some, some information back about the host before we, before we go actually playing with stuff here. Uh, so do a invoke rest method. Do the uh, URI here to be HTTPS. VCenter, RESTful endpoint, and vCenter, then host, then we'll call out the host ID. Uh, 
Uh, and if you're, you know, kind of sort of new to, to PowerShell, I should mention uh, which quotes you use matter. Uh, you know, so if double quotes are going to spit out the, uh, the information that's contained with that, uh, except it's going to, uh, it's going to switch out the variables for the actual uh, values therein. If you use single quotes, it's going to do it just exactly as it's written. Uh, so just a, a heads up about that in case you're uh, running into something weird. Then I need to stop looking above there because we're doing a get. We're not doing a. We're not changing or updating anything. What did I mess up here? Uh, vCenter, REST, vCenter, host, host ID. Here, let's just copy out this. Oh, maybe it was the, no, I shouldn't have to have that. Interesting. Well, live demos, fun. Let's well, see if our, yeah. uh, it was it was going too well. Something had to happen. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, very very true. I was hoping that just my uh, my highlighting capability was was all that was going to go wrong here. Uh, so, oh well, I could have been making up a an API call that didn't exist. Because it, it kind of looked like the uh, like the disconnect worked. Nice. That that run section that you're using in in uh, VS Code is that is that built in or was that a plugin that you had to add? Uh, so that is new with probably not the latest version, but I think the version before that. Oh. So that was that was definitely one of the things that VS Code was missing. Yeah. Uh, being able to interact with a terminal, kind of like the the PowerShell ISE has. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know once it Enable that. I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer in, in starting the, the migration from the ISE over to VS Code. So much nicer. Nice. Uh, yep. So that that looks like it worked. So I may have been making up a making up an API call that didn't exist. <laughs> uh, so now we can see our uh, we got a 200 back. It, this is another one of those calls that there's nothing in the content, so nothing was returned. Uh, so let's do another do another get against our hosts. If I uh, yeah, I did not do anything. I did not set myself up to succeed in just scrolling down on this one. Uh, so let's uh, do an F8 there on that one. Convert everything and make it look pretty like. There we go. So now we can see ESX04 is now disconnected when it used to be connected. Uh, and then let's do our. Now, well, we've got 10 minutes left. Let's, uh, we've lived pretty dangerously so far. So let's do a, 
let's do a delete. Uh, so same kind of deal, except this is using the one that I that I made up. Apparently, the get doesn't doesn't exist, but the host ID section does. Uh, not like I don't have the API Explorer on another browser window. I'm apparently just too stubborn to go look at it. So let's let's do a delete. So we've we've got information about the hosts that are connect or that are uh, that are attached to this vCenter. We've now taken one of the hosts and disconnected it. Now let's remove it. Uh, oh, maybe I did make up that call. All right, so we are going to use the uh, the documentation here. <laughs> Demo is going sideways. All right, so let's go down to our, our vCenter, then look at our host. Oh, it's delete. I think I was doing a post, right? I did a post, yep. But this is supposed to be a delete. All right, let's run that again. And then uh, on the last time that we were doing this, I think Ariel was on and and he made a comment that you know there's no like confirm with this you know none of these none of these commandlets have asked me to confirm that i indeed do want to do this uh so you know take that into consideration as well when you're doing this because you know if you're doing this against prod hopefully you've you've used a test environment or you know you've done this in one of the hands-on labs that, that vmware offers there's you know something you know whatever your test bed is you know play with that before you uh you get anything too crazy. Uh, let's see, system string not permitted. That probably means that it didn't return anything. Yep. So it can't convert something that's in content, especially by the uh, value property, if it doesn't exist. Uh, so we can see again, this is another 200. You know, it's not there, it's gone, it's missing. Uh, let's do another get. Invert it and make it pretty. Oops. And now we can see that ESX04 does not exist anymore. Now we're going to get into one of the fun parts, which is trying to add it back. Uh, so very similarly to what we did previously with SSH, we now have a, uh, we now need to fill out a hash table and uh, fill it with the information that's required to add a host. Again, by checking out our documentation over here. Uh, where's here, post here. So we can see that uh, there's a specification parameter or a spec that's required. And then there are these values that are within here that we just need to fill out and submit in. So we see a very similar thing. Uh, pretty much the, the big ones are which folder should it live in, uh, and then host name, username, password. Uh, everybody loves VMware one uh, exclamation point. And then uh, doing a, a do not verify the thumbprint because this is a lab, there's no SSL host or uh, SSL cert on this host. So now we will do a 
another post and we're specifying the body. Uh, and then it looks like I did not specify the, um, the input there. So content type, that is application JSON. Oh, uh, quick question. Uh, does running REST API show up in the recent tasks in vCenter or under the tasks and events? Uh, I would love to say yes to that, but let's verify. Hmm. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm pretty sure it does, but I'm not 100%. I mean, underneath the covers, everything that's that's happening is is running a, an API on the back end. Mm -hmm. uh, so... If we've got our, uh, if the tasks are still still active, hasn't been flushed. Yep. yep. Okay. So we've we've got our disconnect there. We've got our our remove, uh, and then uh, if you remember, I did switch it over from from my user account, my my kruddy at corp.local, and switch it over to the to the local SSO administrator, so I can do some stuff to the VCSA. So. You know, everything is as is as expected, and just like uh, you would expect if you were doing this live within your environment through the UI or through PowerCLI or something. Uh, so let's run this guy and hope that it works. Actually, nope, we're not ready to run that yet. We need to put in our our body input there. Let's run that section. You see that it was put in as a hash table, and now that we're seeing it, it's uh, it's been converted to JSON, so it looks exactly like what it's expecting from the documentation. Let's run this, run our next line, and cross our fingers. So, and, and you can tell from that, tell by the weight there that the uh, these calls are synchronous. Uh, so it was literally waiting for something to happen, uh, for something to succeed. So in this case, we can see that we we have a 200, which is saying everything is is good. We can see a value there with a host uh, of host 183, which is the MoRef. Uh, and then if we go back to our our, uh, our UI here, we can see that there a, a standalone host has been added. It's gone uh, right there to the root of our cluster, or our not our cluster, but our data center. Uh, and if one of the questions comes up, can you add it to a cluster directly through the API? Uh, that is not yet available, uh, but that is very high on the priority list. Uh, so there we go, we, we have our example. On there, we can see that everything was added in properly. Let's do another get against our hosts. Verify that the API is seeing that properly. We've done our request. We'll uh, kind of pretty up the, the output there. And we can now see that our host 183 MoRef is uh, ESX04 and it's connected and powered on. We've pretty much run the gambit of deleting something, uh, changing something, uh, and now we've added something back in. 
lastly, since we, we have about two minutes left, we'll get into kind of the, like, okay, so now that you can do these calls, let's, let's actually make something of it. Um, so let's create a function. You know, so we've done a whole bunch of things around uh, interacting with VM hosts. So let's, let's keep that going. So we have our, our standard uh, function uh, framework or uh, you know, skeleton here. So I put in some information because you know, everything needs documentation. Everything that you put in should have some form of documentation. Uh, just a little like, what is it? What does it do? Who made it? So you, know, you have somebody to blame or curse when it doesn't work in your environment. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to support it, but at least you can curse them and, and make uh, uh, you know, pin cushion dolls and, and curse them that way. Uh, add in some parameters. So in this case, uh, uh, we're going to we're not going to assume that somebody has already authenticated. You know, if somebody's going to go through the work of using a function, we should probably build in or build in the authentication piece as well. Uh, so this is where we're combining a couple different calls into one. Uh, so we have vCenter username, password, and/or credential. Uh, and then we've got a little example here. Uh, just saying, you know, this is what we would expect somebody to uh, to be able to use to successfully pull back information within their within their own environment. Um, this is all pretty standard. Um, if you haven't used VS Code, this is the script analyzer. It's saying, you know, hey, you should probably not use this as a string. You should use this as a secure string. Uh, this was something that I whipped up pretty quick, so we can ignore that for right now. Uh, that is something that I would fix before submitting it into, uh, you know, somebody's actual GitHub repository. Uh, this is another section right here where if you are using something uh, within like a test environment or an environment that doesn't have certificates, uh, you can basically ignore those errors. Uh, this is another thing that I found somebody else created. I copied and pasted and use it in my script here. Uh, it's pretty much this entire section there. So you know, for home lab usage, you, you're probably going to want to get uh, get pretty comfortable copying and pasting that into some of your functions. Uh, then we can handle some of the, authen uh, the authentication or setting up the authorization there. So we have uh, the username and password, which is what we used up above. And then what happens if you use the credentials? So I've got some, some logic based around that. Um, yeah, kind of specifying out what happens if you use the uh, credential you've got to use and pull out get network credential uh, and then specify the password property uh, and then specify out, hey, you know, if you didn't use, because I didn't say that it was mandatory to use username and password or credential, uh, I also built in an else statement, uh, which I didn't actually have it terminate, so that's that's bad coding right there on my on my part. <laughs> uh, yeah, if it uh, there's no authentication parameters found, it it should exit and not uh, uh, and not continue forward like it's doing right here. Can uh, you just say break our, our show? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep, you can or return. Uh, so then we've got uh, got our header information here. This is exactly what we set up above. So, you know, same process there. We've got our authentication piece here. So we're, we're doing our, our auth there. 
then converting that over to our token, and then uh, finally doing our, our web request to pull back the information on the hosts. Uh, and then if you really wanted to do this within in your, uh, your environment and you wanted this to set up a, uh, a non-persistent token, this is again another kind of um, coding fail on my part, I didn't actually then disconnect uh, the, the session. So if you look in your, your vCenter server and look at your, uh, the sessions, you will still see this as a logged in session until it times out and gets kicked out. Uh, so that's another thing to, to kind of keep in mind. Uh, so with that, let's, uh, let's go through here. I will copy that. And I'm just going to open up a, a new PowerShell window here just so that we're not, uh, again, I'm not cheating. There's no smoke and mirrors here. Uh, then we can do, I, I just copied, pasted that into a brand new PowerShell window. You can do a get VM host rest. And we can do our vCenter server. This is going to be vcsa01.corp.local. And then do username, which is going to be uh, administrator at vsphere.local. And our password is the uh, always famous VMware one asterisk or VMware one bang. We can run that. And then just like that, we're now using a PowerShell function to now make these RESTful API calls on the, on the back end uh, and then return, our, return the output and make it all pretty-like. Uh, there is another really good resource uh, that uh, a community member, Justin, has just put out into the wild that I will point out, which is, a, which is another really good kind of resource uh, to take a look at. Uh, this is also a really good way on my behalf to uh, show off the, yeah, here we go. Uh, so, and a little, little nicety on my part, uh, the SDK for REST that VMware has put out for vSphere itself. So this is everything that's dealing with this RESTful API. Uh, these are open sourced. Uh, so these are freely available out on GitHub. Uh, you can download, uh, you know, everything that, that you would need to start interacting with the RESTful API. Uh, you can create issues, you can create pull requests, you can do all kinds of things. Um, and, and Justin here uh, went through and uh, saw a need for some PowerShell samples. So he has actually submitted um, what he's calling Power REST CLI. So here's the, uh, the module file there. Right, and then we're starting to see uh, the, the scripts or the PS1s that are instantiating uh, the functions. So we can see usage of like the vCenter variable. So this is doing the authentication piece. So he's setting this up. So you, you have to run this very similar to like what you would do, uh, connect VI server. And, uh, and then setting this, setting your VMware API session ID token as a global variable so that it can be called. Uh, then again, uh, with some of the, uh, with any of the future uh, requests, here's, you know, what happens if you, if you need to ignore SSL? 
certificates within your environment. He's got that included in there, uh, setting up the headers. So you know, again, all stuff that we've, we've done, we've talked about and we've covered tonight. Uh, then here is setting up a new session. Uh, so he created a, a function here that's new RVI session. Uh, so this looks you know, very similar to, to everything that we've done so far tonight. And then down below that, we should start uh, actually pulling back information. So this one right here is get RVM, so, or get REST VM. Hmm. So doing the uh, invoke web request against the global variable of vCenter. Uh, so then, uh, then REST, then vCenter, then VM, and then doing a get using, using that uh, global session variable to then feed into the headers. Uh, and then he's even taking it a step further and he's formatting uh, the output there so that instead of seeing this, uh, you know, much larger or, um, I don't know, uh, basically not seeing the way that it's basically spit out um, in how it's been coded into the API itself, but then kind of formatting it in a way that uh, that is kind of more uh, noticeable for for users more uh, more readable, I should say. Uh, so spitting that kind of information out. Uh, let's see what else does he have in here. Anyway, so that this is another another good resource. I'll uh, I'll copy this into it because it doesn't look like it's actually been accepted uh, into uh, into the SDK quite yet. Uh, so that's a that's another kind of cool thing that you can go through, look at, uh, compare what you're writing to what Justin's written, or um, you know even just take what he's written and provide it to the community and and start making use of it uh, to then create additional resources. Uh, like it, I didn't see a VM host, you know, or a get our VM host that so you could make your own uh, and then submit that on top of what he's already provided and kind of a community, enhancing the community, making everybody better kind of scenario. Uh, so with that, that is that is all I prepared for tonight. Uh, I think cool. we're, we're doing pretty much right on time too. So that's that's even a little more impressive. On the nose. You, you, you did this on purpose, didn't you? You, 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 I, you, you have a stopwatch and everything. <laughs> I'm all professional. <laughs> I knows what I'm doing. All right. So uh, let's see. Let me let me double check everything. Uh, Graham says he almost he looks almost professional. Oh, thanks, Graham. So yeah. nice. Wait, what? Uh, double check Twitter real fast. No, nope, we are we are clear for questions, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Fantastic. I, um, I learned a ton of uh, new stuff tonight. I, I can't wait to immediately apply it on this um, on this data center migration I'm working on during the day. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Yeah, fancy stuff. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, a couple of responses. Excellent session. Thank you very much. Job well done, Kyle. My, my brain will hurt after all of these sessions. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for attending. Have a great time.